joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Hepke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, guys, we got a great show for you today. Uh, we got a superstar from the six liter world who actually has a pretty extensive experience in Cummins and Duramax as well, Chris. I thought that was pretty cool. I was, uh, I was, I was shocked. You know, there's no secret. We pre-record our interviews these days to help with production. Um, and I was not expecting the outcome of the interview to be the way it was. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think our listeners are in for a real treat today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And we're not trying to bury the lead guys. His name is in the title of the show. We got Vinny Himes on the show. It's a, a killer show. If you care about six leaders and honestly, if you don't, Vinny is just hilarious. What a riot uh, that conversation was, Chris. I'm excited for everyone to be able to get to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think without giving out too much information, you know, there's there's this underlining, my power stroke's better than a Cummins, my Cummins is better than a Duramax. And uh, I think he pretty much settles things up pretty nicely. So yeah, no, definitely uh, take a listen to it. Um, at the end of the day, they're all, they, they all have their issues, right? Absolutely. And of course, guys, we also have Jeremy Garnett, our super tech. Uh, he'll be on the show a little bit later on to do his in the shop segment. Uh, I've recorded so many of these with Jeremy. I honestly don't know which one today's is, but I know that I, it's one of three and all three are awesome. So I know you guys are going to love it. Um, go ahead, jump onto the fans of diesel performance podcast, Facebook group, uh, post about Jeremy's segment, post about Vinny's segment. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, Chris, I got some big news, which I know I usually don't on the show, so this is kind of odd. Yeah. Um, we are going to run a huge March Tuning Madness sale over at Duramax Tuner the entire month of March. Oh, really? So what's that all entail? So every single Easy Link Tuning, 15% off. All of our EFI live tuning options, 15% off. L5P tuning calibrations, 15% off. Um, I, I had this joke that, that really started the name of this sale and then the whole project just kind of snowballed from there. I was like, I would never watch college kids play basketball. It just, it does not sound like fun to me. I've never been a March Madness fan. I've been to Vegas during March Madness. Didn't walk into the bookie once. I just, I don't care. It is total madness to me that March Madness happens. Um, and, and, and thinking about that, I just, I know I kind of poked around some of the forums. Not a lot of sports fans in the diesel performance community. No. Oh. Come on, Paul. You should know that. There's more, <laughs> so, I think that there's more hunters and fishers in the diesel community than there is sports fans in the diesel community. I for sure. Wrong. For sure. Yeah, by far, right? And so I thought, hey, guys, you're not watching basketball. We're not watching basketball. But nope. that's all that's going to be on my news feed for like the next whatever, six weeks. It's going to be nothing but basketball nonsense. Well, that's Let's because give ourselves most of your something friends to do. aren't diesel enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do have friends outside of the diesel world. It, it is an atrocious truth uh, that not all of my friends are into diesel. So, Makes one so, of us. <laughs> so yes, uh, it, it will mean that I thought like, hey, let's give us all something to do. Let's take a look at, at grabbing some custom tuning for our trucks, being able to take advantage of a huge sale. 15% off is nothing to scoff at. Um, and yeah, let's do it, man. So guys, if you have been thinking about jumping in on some Duramax tuner or calibrated power custom tuning, uh, shoot Chris a message. Uh, Chris, how can they reach you? 
Uh, they can reach me at uh, my my phone here, which is 815-568-7920, extension 2121, or by email, which is cmke at duramaxtuner.com, and that's c-e-h-m-k-e at duramaxtuner.com. The XDP HD gear reduction starter is the perfect choice for any diesel owner that is looking to consistently start their vehicle in even the most extreme conditions. XDP's HD gear reduction starters are built around a smaller motor that is faster, more efficient, and draws less amperage. The gear reduction design produces more torque than your factory starter to turn over aggressive diesel engines, and it's physically smaller, which reduces weight and makes for an easier installation. The XDP HD starter is covered in a high-quality wrinkle black coating to give you good looks and a long-lasting corrosion protection. The XDP HD starters are available for Dodge Cummins, Ford Powerstroke, and GM Duramax trucks. To find out more, check out xdp.com or find a local dealer near you. You guys know today's other sponsor is Exergy Performance, and today we're talking about the Winter Blend Fuel Additive. Now this is SKU numbers E09-00014 and also 00016. Uh, it depends on what size bottle you want. This supports all diesel vehicles. So if you're listening to the show, you presumably will want to perk up here and go grab yourself some of this stuff. Chris and I are right now underway on doing some testing with it ourselves. Exergy Performance Diesel Additive Winter Blend provides the ultimate in protection and longevity for the diesel injectors and fuel pumps by increasing the fuel's lubricity to exceed the recommendations of the Engines Manufacturers Association and provides exceptional protection against corrosion. The Winter Blend chemically alters diesel fuel to ensure engines remain operable in freezing climates by reducing paraffin wax per precipitation. Cold starts, fuel economy, and power are also improved by increasing the diesel fuel's cetane by up to five points and cleaning internal components. Also, uh, we always want to give our shout out to uh, another one of our sponsors is WC Fab. That's Worley Custom Fabrication. Today, we're talking about their 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax 4-inch intake kit with airbox. Uh, this is WCF100344. The WC Fab 2017 to 2019 GM L5P 6.6 liter Duramax 4 inch intake kit and airbox is the high flow fabricated aluminum intake pipe and airbox enclosure with dry filter assembly that replaces the restrictive plastic factory parts on your diesel. This will improve your overall engine performance. This all-new design significantly increases airflow to your turbo, producing improved horsepower and torque, quicker throttle response, and cooler intake temperatures by drawing cold air through the ram air duct and inner fender. Their all-aluminum construction features a large diameter 4-inch piping with smooth aerodynamic bends to improve intake air velocity, volume, and provide more aggressive engine and turbo sound during acceleration. High quality hardware, silicone boot, seals, and stainless steel T-bolt clamps enclosures are optimum for durability with ease of installation. The removable airbox lid allows for easy visual inspection and maintenance of your WC Fab filter with included hydrophobic pre-filter cover. This will help keep your MAF sensor, turbo, and engine airways contaminant free. 
the critical Ram air duct seal has been moved to the bottom of the hood for a clean engine compartment appearance. Full assembly finished in your choice of WC Fab signature custom powder coat colors for a look that's unique to your truck. This installs easily with basic hand tools, does not require any additional tuning, and is completely bolt-on, and it'll fit with no other required modifications. It is not compatible with the WC Fab intake resonator pipe. Nice. Uh, how about you, man? How has this week in the shop been for you? Eventful, eventful. Um, I have a, a local buddy to us who uh, he went and he bought a 2005 Cummins. Uh, he was searching high and low for this thing. It was a 05 regular cab, four-wheel drive, but it has a G56 six-speed manual in it. And um, when he was looking at the truck, he had asked me a couple of things. I told him what kind of look at, what to look for, and I never heard back from him, right? Well, a couple months later, he comes back and he bought the truck. And he bought the truck and it, supposedly it was like an 80,000 mile truck. And I say supposedly, it, it actually has 80,100 80, miles on the odometer. But the truck has like a really, it had a really nasty like tick to it. Kind of sounded like a, a bottom end, you know, bearing going out on it or something, like a rod knock, right? So we get the truck in the shop. We kind of do a once over on it you know, adjust the valves. The valves were really out of spec and, uh, you know, everything seemed to be okay. And uh, he took the truck and drove it. Well, he did some research. He decided he wanted to drop the truck back off. He wanted us to go through a couple things. Well, ends up turning out that the, the truck actually has a bad bottom end. Okay. Cylinder six, the piston rings are all cracked, scored the hell out of the cylinder. Um, and it, it, come to find out it needs a motor, okay, is, is what it comes to. The truck was using some oil. It's just, it's a bad experience. And I'm, I'm going through a very quick description of this. Yeah. Um, as I started asking him more questions, because like when you look at the truck, it doesn't look like an 80,000 mile truck. It looks like a 280,000 mile truck, if I can be honest. And he started looking, telling me the Carfax, you know, the Carfax hopped from, it had seven different owners in six different states. <sighs> So there's th this truck has a story, right? This truck has a story. There was some receipts on, you know, the injectors being replaced, which we just got word back from Exergy today, uh, rather, that, uh, you know, the injectors actually did test it okay. So the, the owner was honest about that, right? Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, the gasket was completely blown out. The bottom end does not look like it. It has 80,000 miles. And the truck could have been, you know, the truck could have 80,000 and the truck could have had its rear end worked. But, uh, you know, he thought, you know, as kind of like getting new into the diesel world, he was getting a good deal. And and now, you know, his his purchase where I thought he, he, he didn't get the most fairest deal, you know, maybe if someone negotiated a little harder, he could have got a little cheaper, but now he's putting a buttload of money into it. Cause it, unfortunately it needs a whole brand new engine. Oh, you know, so, the toughest spot, Chris is I remember being in these situations before and you usually what happens uh, is you have so much investment into the vehicle, just buying it and getting it diagnosed you can't just cut bail and walk away because you can't sell a truck with a bad engine and get anything out of it. So yeah. you, 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 you're stuck where you have to put yourself even deeper in the hole and yeah. be fur even further upside down on your investment versus the value of the vehicle. Um, and all you can do is, is fix it and then drive yourself out of it. So in other words, you're just going to be married to that truck for an obscene yeah. amount of time. 
And that's the route he's going. So I think the moral of the story is, you know, I put myself in his shoes. I, I remember, and I still do to this, do to this day, I, I get really excited. You know, I get excited in the moment when I'm buying a new vehicle or something like that. And part of me can get a little bit more um, um, pushy, if you will, you know, just because I don't have a lot of patience in that situation. But Sometimes taking a step back and, you know, having the truck have a once over before purchasing when it's a private party, or if you have the proper tooling to kind of go through the, a wellness check of the truck yourself, it, it goes a really long way, you know, and if you don't know much about diesels, bringing someone with that might know a little more about that engine, where that could have saved him a nightmare because now he's, you know, he's going to be $25,000, $30,000 into a regular cab with a six-speed manual when the, it's a $15,000 truck. Um, so it's really, tough, you know, but yeah. you, you make the best of it. You know, you move forward. He's going to have a really cool truck when it's all said and done. But, uh, you know, it's a shame that that happened. But just kind of like, a, you know, a little bit of an eye-opener of, you know, these things do exist as far as, you know, the buying and selling on Facebook and Craigslist and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it does happen. Well, guys, that, that's really good advice. Keep a heads up. Um, you know, pull some of your emotion out of that decision. Uh, and if you've waited this long to buy a truck, you could always wait a little bit longer if you really had to. So that's kind of the way I try to think about buying each vehicle. Um, you, you know, it's, you're better off playing it cautious before you buy it than being regretful after you already own it, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, hey guys, without any further ado, let's get us right over to uh, what I think, what, what I know everybody's going to be really excited to hear. And that's our conversation with uh, Mr. Vinny Himes from Leadfoot Diesel. Vinny Himes, how the hell are you? Doing good, man. How are you guys doing? Yeah, it, it's cold here in uh, Northern Illinois, but we're making, making do. That's right, man. Hey, we're, we're recording a podcast. It could be worse, yeah. right? It could be worse. That's right. <laughs> hey, it's cold down here in Georgia. So, you know, what's I the temperature here to get away from that crap. And if it makes you feel any better, we're expecting an ice storm on Monday. So yay. What's the temperature <laughs> down there in Georgia right now? It, right now, I think we're hovering in the high thirties. Monday, okay. it was 27 degrees when I drove to work. Oh, wow. And I think it got up to a whopping 31 degrees on Monday. So everything was uh, pretty frosty. And then yesterday was 70. So <laughs> Holy shit. Back, back down in the 30s. Oh, my God. I was going to say, I didn't think Georgia got that cold. Yeah. Right? I guess I just, I didn't oh, know. Yeah, yeah and, we're supposed to be down in the teens next week. So Wow. And then just snap of a finger, Mother, 70 Mother degrees. Mother Nature is menopausing. Yeah, no shit, <laughs> man. Sounds like my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to send her that audio clip. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Vinny, you know, hey, we, we have known you for a long time around Duramax Tuner and Calibrated Power and being in the diesel performance scene but maybe some of our listeners haven't. Can you kind of walk us back? How'd you get your start in diesel performance? So uh, where I kind of met all you guys and got involved with you guys is when I was at Alligator Performance, which was actually my third uh, phase into the diesel performance world. So I started out in Montana uh, just working on diesel machinery at a log yard. I worked at a log home company when I was 15 years old and 
I was the idiot that wasn't scared to tear something apart and maybe have extra bolts laying around when I got done. And so I, that was my early years. Was so you're a crafty idiot because Paul can't do that. Man, I could get shit know, apart. I, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I can tear things up. So I, uh, I actually kind of on the diesel performance stuff. My first diesel truck was a, a 2000 model 7.3, and it was kind of one of the things my boss and I were driving through a small town in Montana. We stopped in to get tires and they had like a Diablo sport puck display, you know, and like a bully dog tuner sitting on the counter. And we both got one for like 300 bucks, you know, and we threw them on and we thought we were king dingling. Like there was nothing. I mean, we were going to go into big sky hunting down Porsches because we thought these things <laughs> were so fast. And we all know what a joke that is, but in 2000, that was pretty cool. You yeah. know, plug in something and pick up, 80 horsepower was that pretty was. awesome yeah so I, i'd say that's where i pretty much cut my teeth and the addiction started and i couldn't leave anything alone after that and uh i worked at i worked part-time at a diesel shop in Coeur d'Alene, idaho uh called cn diesel performance they're still up there today and uh nick boland's the owner and and he and i were kind of goofing around with uh common rail performance when the common rail cummins first hit the scene you know back in 03 i picked up an 03 3500 in october of 02 i bought my first brand new dodge and got on cummins forum uh very early on i had some pretty major mechanical issues with the truck we uh got a tank of watery fuel and and locked the injectors up tight in fort knox and so i got to know brady over at industrial injection pretty good he helped me out with some injectors and maybe I ordered too big of injectors accidentally on purpose so I'd have a reason to upgrade my turbo. My wife doesn't even know if that's true or false, but that's what happened. And uh, and uh, that just, I broke my back when I was 25, and I was timber framing for many years. I built timber framing log homes, and that's that was kind of when I was playing with diesels. It was a hobby. And after I broke my back, it was, you know, I had the opportunity to go work with Chad at Alligator and – I'd say we hit it off big. You know, I know you guys were on Duramax Forum. I was big on Cummins Forum when I went to work for Chad. He encouraged me to get on Duramax Forum, and, and that's where I started talking to some of you guys and, and, you know, dealing with Nick on different levels. And and it pretty much just snowballed from there. I mean, we uh, we killed it with you guys when I was at Alligator. Now, unfortunately, I'm stuck in Ford country, and it's kind of funny how that happens. You know, when I, when I started in Kellogg, Idaho, is – 20 minutes from my house is the biggest Dodge dealership on the planet. And so I was only doing Cummins stuff with CN diesel. And then I went to work at alligator and Chad was a big Duramax nut. And so I kind of got pulled into the Duramax world. And then I moved down here to Georgia and get slammed right in the center of five massive Ford dealerships. So all we work on is Ford, you know, not all we work <laughs> on, but we're largely just known for Ford. So it's kind of funny how you inevitably, I just got well-rounded in all three and, and at the end of the day, you know, we get that phone call, right? You know, like, what's the best one to buy? And I could give two shits. You know, I'm going to own whatever makes me money. When I lived in Idaho, I drove a Dodge. And when I moved down here, I bought a six liter. You know, I mean, we're in business at the end of the day. We're not here to tickle each other's fancy. So I tell these people, you know, like, what, what, what do you like, Ford, Chevy, Dodge? And I tell them, I say, go sit in each one of them. And I'll tell you what problems you're going to have. Yep. You know, pick the one that you like that fits your butt. And I'll tell you what problems you're going to have. Yeah. That's a really good way to look at it, you know. Because Very down the earth way to look at it, you yeah. know. Well, well, and and especially understanding that, like nowadays, as we look at at the difference between the three, it's not just 
while I'm looking at a 2018 across the board, right? Like we did the, the two yeah. towing series. It's like, well, well, we know those consumers, they're all looking at spending around the same money. They yeah. kind of want the same features. But now when you look at the cost of diesel trucks, yep. you're like, oh, wow, I could get a modified six liter or I could get a much, much newer, like early six, seven, well, right? right? And, they, yeah. and they're going to fall into the same exactly. price ranges. I think so there's this idea of like, what do I want out of the truck that I think goes along with that? And I like the idea of like, Go ahead and pick a truck, built, not built, stock, yeah. Ford, Chevy, Dodge. Go ahead. We'll li- we'll list what what you're gonna what your biggest headaches are gonna be. Well, the nice thing here too is That's over right. the years, right? Like there, there's no secret, and I I'm excited for this interview, right? Talking about six liters, but the guys that put like a five nine common rail on a pedestal, those things have equally the same amount of fucking problems, right? Just they they show themselves differently. No, they really do, and uh, they do. And I was when I was a Dodge guy, I kind of lived in denial with that. Yep. You're absolutely most, right. Most like, most like Cummins like guys my do. Truck could do no wrong. <laughs> yep. And then I moved down here, and I'm like, you know, they're telling me the problems with the six liters. I'm like, oh man, I haven't, you know, I've had way more problems than that with my Cummins. Yep. Like, <laughs> holy crap! A, a lot of a lot of the guys that like I'm buddies with up here, a couple guys that own smaller shops, and they. They specialize in bulletproofing six liters, and you talk to them, and they'll talk about a six liter like it's a very simplistic motor. And I mean, it, and you're going to teach us more about this today, but from what I gather, like it's really not a complex motor. Um, it I, isn't. It it's it, a. It's not. And the crazy thing that I've seen coming here is how strong the bottom end is. Like mm-hmm. I had no clue. So it it, it really you falls. Know, I put a I put a TS chip on a seven three back in. 2003 for a buddy of mine and we went to test drive and we scattered the rods all over the highway and that was embarrassing but you know i kind of i guess i just built this faux pas in my head that power strokes just had junk bottom ends and now we're i'm down here and we're sled pulling with a a 6.0 and a 6.4 stock bottom end that are making over 890 wow that's pretty insane yeah well this is a different this is a different era or a, not a different era a different segment in the market that like paul and i like we have no no experience in yeah yeah both of us are, are are ignorant and, and i would say i'm even a, a bit hateful uh on the six liter at times um <laughs> but but I, I wanted to give you a chance to kind of talk Jeez. about this because it is something that like it, it is easy it's an easy one to pick at i, I mean if you just look at, at sure. reading and being around forums and being around the industry the six liters are an easy one to point at and be like you're the worst yeah okay but that's right <laughs> you, you are the redheaded stepchild <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you want you know it is Nobody what it is right? yeah but uh but but we hear all sorts of different stuff and chris i love when you say bulletproofing because i got a buddy with a six liter and when he first got it had a bunch of problems, four different shops, four different guys all told him, I'm going to bulletproof your truck. Now, I know bulletproof is like an actual brand, but it's also a verb in this sense, right? It's a description. I'm going to do something to this truck to make sure it never fails again. And guess what? Clearly, the first three guys didn't fucking bulletproof it because he had to go to three more guys. Now here, just just clearing the six liter air, right? A lot of people say, oh, the motor's junk. Well, Everyone thinks Allison Transmissions, for the most part, is like an outsider in this space looking in. Yeah. They know the name Allison, and they think the Allison Trans is great. How many trucks have we had in the shop that another builder, air I'm using air quotes, built the Trans, and that guy's had the Trans in and out of the truck three or four times? Yep. You know, so it's there, there's a lot of bad rap with the six liter, yeah. Know, unfortunately. So, so Vinny, can you enlighten us? What are some of the common failure points and causes of those failure points in the six liter? Well, I, you know, I had to build an understanding of this very rapidly when I moved here. You know, I could either 
I could either be a bull in a china shop and slam my head into a brick wall all day trying to pretend that a Cummins was better than a six liter and that I just wasn't going to, you know, bite off that bullet. But at the end of the day, I look at it as a business. You know, I'm here. Um, I did not understand that Georgia, you know, worships the six liter as much as they do. I mean, if you say a bad thing about a six O here, you, you're going to catch some eyes. And uh, <laughs> I figured that out on day one. You know, I was like, oh, things sound like farting whales when you straight pipe them. And like five guys want to kill me. Like, sounds amazing, man. Just straight pipe that thing. And so I really quickly learned, like, I either need to figure out if there's anything good about this thing so I can pretend to like them. And uh, so I went and bought one. I mean, what better way to learn about something you absolutely hate than to own one? Yeah. So I went and bought a six liter and, and uh, it ended up, it was a standard cab, two wheel drive, XL roll up windows. And it was at a repo company and they were told by Ford, by the dealership that it needed a new engine. And so I was like, well, cool. I know a place where maybe we could put an engine in it for real cheap. <laughs> and so I was like, well, what do you want for it? And they had a F650 rollback with a 5.9 Cummins in it. He's like, well, this rollback's hurt. He said, fix it, and I'll give you the title and payment. And so we ended up putting a number two injector in this 5.9, so it cost me like 300 bucks for an injector. And I bought a set of batteries and put them in the 6.0, and it fired right up. And I was like, well, that's odd. You know, the thing's been sitting in a impound lot for three years hasn't ran i mean the fuel tank's got to be full of algae like yeah. things sitting here purring like a kitten with a little bit of a stumble to it and so we put the scanner on it and it had eight cylinder contribution fault codes and that's something that a lot of shops and namely the ford dealers i'm gonna pick on ford dealerships because they're the dumbest sons of bitches i've ever seen <laughs> like like if we have certain things here at the shop like we'll pop the hood and within 15 minutes there's five ford dealerships around our shop and we can tell you which one of those idiots worked on this truck by looking at certain little key giveaways. Like this one dealership, their diesel tech loves to break that little wire loom piece that goes along the cowl across the back. And he uses like the same color zip ties to fix it every time. Another dealership, they like to break off the little plastic spout on the radiator next to the big hose that goes to the degas bottle. And then they'll JB weld it or stick a chunk of screw in there or something. Like there's just all these little telltale signs of which four dealerships worked on these things. So it's like a big joke to us, and it, it's sad at the end of the day because those guys are charging like 150 bucks an hour, and we're only like 135, which sucks. But it's uh, the FICM, the fuel injector control module, is super finicky on these things. So if the batteries can't produce the perfect amount of voltage, the FICM will not fire off the injectors properly, and properly, and you'll get these cylinder contribution ball codes. Apparently, at the Ford dealership, when they go through their their Ford training and all their certifications that they get cylinder contribution codes mean that the pistons are cracked or broken and not that the injector is not firing. And so they tell all these customers that they need engines and oh we hear this God. once or twice a week. It's pathetic. <laughs> oh my the God. level of horrific diagnostics we get to deal with down here. And uh, so that's why they told this, these people that they needed an engine. So it ended up the truck just needed, two batteries so i got a 350 dollars six liter and the <laughs> owner here of Leadfoot and i are very good friends i was actually living in his house at the time waiting to move my wife and kids down to montana 
And so he's just steady talking smack every single night at the dinner table. Well, how's that six liter run, man? That thing's pretty fast, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, we put a tune on it, cold air intake. I didn't didn't put an exhaust on it. I just cut the factory downpipe off so it was pointing straight at the ground. And That's it America. Like <laughs> it. Dude, it was skipping on like three injectors, and I put a fast on it and set the fast like 85 PSI of supply pressure so it would lope really bad. And it was it loped so hard when I was sitting at a stoplight, it would chirp the tires every time the engine loped. <laughs> <laughs> and this thing was... <laughs> This thing was just a bastard, and uh, I hated it. I loved it, but I hated it because it made me fall in love with six liters. I mean, I couldn't kill this thing. Like one night, you know, we're sitting around the shop on a Friday night getting ready for a sled pull, and somebody pulls out a 15-pound nitrous bottle. I'm like, hey, let's ghetto fog my truck. And they're like, no, it'll blow up. I'm like, cool, we'll just pour all the coolant. We'll just take all the coolant out so it doesn't make a mess on the dyno. So we drained every ounce of coolant out of this old ragged out truck and this thing's got 345,000 miles on it it's never had head gaskets done in it before still on factory bolts uh i've steadily been beating the balls off of it for two years at this point when we decided to ghetto fog it <laughs> and we sprayed so much nitrous into this thing that we blew the water pump out of the block that's how badly the head gaskets <laughs> blew like like the 10,000 PSI of nitrous pressure went into the cooling system. Oh, my God. So, like, the water pump, like, skeeting across the shop, and and my boss is screaming, stop. And I'm like, no, I'm not stopping until the push rods come through the valve cover. Like, we're killing this thing tonight. And two, two months later, I sold the truck for $3,500 with no water pump in it, and it's still running around town today. No so, kidding. I mean, just, Christ. It, it last I talked to the guy it was over 400,000 miles on it. We did finally do head studs in it for him. Um, it, the, the kid that bought it for me took the truck bracket racing. Like this kid had been drag racing his whole life since he was in, you know, like second, third grade. He started out in the mini series and, and drag raced his whole life. And he took that old ratty six liter the first weekend he owned it. He won $1,700 bracket racing so half his money back (laughs) on the purchase price of the truck yeah he got half his money back and i was just like please die like (laughs) still had our stickers all over it the paint was falling off of it you know i mean every body panel i mean that truck hit everything but the lottery it just needed a whole new body but but his dad has fully restored the truck now it's got a brand new paint job on it wheels tires have all been done so I, and I got another one. I bought another, you know, I got another $350 standard cab XL truck with roll-up windows sitting out back behind the shop here. And it's it's going to get slammed on the ground. I'm going to give it to my one of my kids for their first car. So That's really cool. You know, it's just the main problems, what gives the 6-liter its bad name and, and what, you know, knock on wood, it hasn't happened to me yet. But I think the IPR valve is probably the worst problem. Because that's the one that leaves you stranded, and nobody ever forgets being stranded. What is um, the IPR valve? I can honest. So it's the injector pressure regulator, and what happens typically is the factory oil cooler, there's a screen underneath of it, and it's a plastic screen that's supposed to catch debris, keeps that debris from running through the high-pressure oil system. Well... A lot of aftermarket companies, so Dorman makes an aftermarket oil cooler for these trucks, and the rubberized gasket that goes underneath the oil cooler is not rated for diesel engine oil. So this is the number one failure that we see when a customer comes in just raging mad. 
I spent the night on the side of the interstate, paid a $600 tow bill to get here. I hate my truck. It's a giant bag of dicks. And I'm like, I look them dead in the eyes, and I'm like, your IPR went out, and you put a cheap Chinese dormant oil cooler in it. It's not the truck's fault. And they instantly, <laughs> like, their mouths gape open. They're like, how did you know? Are you a prophet? <laughs> yes, my name's from <laughs> And, you know, you can, you can pull the IPR out while they're standing there, and, and, like, before you, like, hold it behind your back, it's like a magic trick. There's going to be green rubber on the screen. Boom, hold it in front of you, green rubber on the screen. And they're like, oh, my God, how did you know that? Well, because it's these cheap Chinese products that are coming in from Advanced Auto Parts and O'Reilly's or whoever, and you've got your cheap backyard diesel mechanics slapping this crap in your truck, it's not your truck's fault. The truck is not a piece of shit. You know, the IPR valve got clogged up, and it can't, it can't regulate. So it kills the truck, and it will not start again. And, and the IPR valves can be faulty without the dormant rubber getting on them, but that is so common that we can, like, pre-diagnose it over the phone and people think you're some kind of, you know, rocket scientist that God <laughs> gives to six years, and it's not. It's just repetition. You see it right. so much. Now, aside from the IPR valve, like, for me as an outsider with a six-liter head gaskets are like common like that's part of what i was mentioning earlier the bulletproofing head gaskets and injectors yeah. that's what i think that's... of when i think of six liter problems so i mean is is that as common as a lot of people make them out to be or is that just your typical worn out truck that like it's, it's time and that's that you know i the head gaskets are common it's common enough so so what we get here you know we get a lot of volume we run 70 to 90 trucks a week through the shop we're in a 24 bay shop and um we just do a shitload of volume and so you see repetition you see patterns and the pattern is you'll you'll have that same same conversation you know we do four to six six liter head gasket jobs every single week here and so out of those four to six uh four of them are out of you know preventative maintenance oh i bought this truck i read all these nightmares on the internet uh i just want to get it done before it fails only one or two of them has actually got a problem and we're not going to discourage that as a business you know the last thing you want is a customer fixing their truck nobody's happy to pay a repair bill you know what i mean when when you walk into walmart and you buy a box of ammo because you just want to feel good that you got it on a nightstand next to your pistol you're excited to pay for that ammo but if civil war breaks out tomorrow and you got to take your life savings and march down to Walmart and hope to God you get a box of ammo, you're freaking pissed by the time you're cashing out of cash register. <laughs> Dude, you're not wrong. <laughs> <And so> that's, <laughs> that's exactly how these six leaders work. Like these guys come in here and they got a little bounce in their step and they're like bragging to their wife how they watched a YouTube video and we did it right and they read all these articles about us and this is preventative maintenance, honey, and he's happy to pay his bill. But the guy that's sitting there with blown head gaskets and his wife's horse trailer sitting on the side of the interstate and he's having to get towed, that guy's pissed. I'm like, that's not my ideal customer. So we always want to do the preventative maintenance before we're doing the repairs. And that's kind of what we try to coach our customers into. You know, they'll call up, hey, I bought a six liter. I know they're pieces of junk. Well, then why'd you buy it? Oh, I just love the way they sound. Yeah, me too. That's a good reason. (laughs) And so then... (laughs) You know, you're kind of like, well, it could have these problems. And uh, what we've developed is a package deal that addresses all of those problems. So when they drop a six liter off here with us, you know, they spend $6,200 and we do what, what we call our 6.0 rehab package. And it's like, it's kind of the bare minimum, but it's the 
best we can do to hopefully never see that guy again. And that's kind of our company motto. You know, here's your keys, pay your bill. I hope we never see you again. And that kind of instilled the confidence of people like, wow, you really did a good job. If you truly think you're not going to see me any- anymore, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, it's bad for business, but send all your friends. And right. Well, so, that that's word of mouth. That's that's sure. free advertising. That's yeah. you know that's the good experience. So let let's let's well, shift. It's like your your buddy that went to three different shops, I could probably tell you what they didn't do. Right. And and you know it's what we're doing here works. You know when we're doing we're doing four to six hundred head gasket jobs a year, depending on the year. Um, this is going to be a good year because nobody's going to buy new trucks because Biden's douchebag in chief. So we're probably going to fix a whole bunch of trucks this year where the last couple of years, everybody's like, oh, well, I'll just trade it in on a new one. Right. Unfortunately, piss poor economy is good for diesel shops as much as I hate it. But, you know, when you do that many head gasket jobs, if you can get your comebacks down to like 1%, which is where I feel like we are, uh, usually the only way it's coming back to us after we do our rehab package is if the head cracks. And that's unfortunately something you you know, a good, responsible, I'm not a sales guy. I'm a diesel enthusiast. Like somebody called me a salesman once. And I was like, what did I do? Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I won't do it again. But, you know, I don't, I don't want to see the truck again, but I also, I have to understand and I have to set my customer up to understand what their engine's weaknesses are. And so that's one thing I always mention when I'm selling a, a 6.0 rehab package or, or a head gasket job is I, I tell them like, look, Hey, we're going to, we're going to pressure test your heads. We're going to check the fuel gallery, make sure it's not cracked. You know, when we put it back together, I promise you, your truck is not going to be mixing diesel fuel and coolant, but you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years from now, that's a casting flaw that nobody can see. We can't put eyeballs on it. We can't x-ray vision through the side of the head and see if it's a thin spot on yours or not. And so that is something that happens on the six O's is that, that head can crack internally and it can start mixing diesel and coolant. So I would say that is the 6.0's biggest Achilles heel because that's the one we can't diagnose and that's the one we can't see. Yeah, that's tough. All right, well, hey, we know we've had some some big 6-liter builds out there. We've had guys like Charlie Keeter uh, and some others on the show with their 6-liters kind of talking about them. If I, if, if I was crazy yeah. enough to go out and get one today um, – what would I need to do to really kind of look at building, say, like a thousand horsepower six liter? So the biggest thing that holds us back is the heads. Uh, the factory six O heads will not flow enough air to make a thousand horsepower. So that was something that we really struggled with for a long, long time. We were throwing compound turbos at them. We were throwing nitrous at them, and the cylinder heads just wouldn't flow. And you really there wasn't enough material in the OE heads to pour them out to get that extra horsepower to get to the thousand horsepower mark and so what we were doing is we were swiss cheesing these heads down here over grinding and then welding and then over grinding and then welding until we got the flow that we wanted out of them and there's only one guy that was willing to do that for us and he asked to remain, remain anonymous uh but he did it for us and we he got us over the 1200 horsepower mark and it was all in the cylinder heads it was all in the size of the valves and you know you could throw the biggest cam in the world at it you could throw every aftermarket part of the truck and it wouldn't make a thousand horsepower you know back in 2013 yeah. you know we were still there we couldn't we just couldn't get over that hump and um 
now we've got Kill Devil Diesel's got these aftermarket ported and polished aluminum heads. I mean, everybody and their brother can make a thousand horsepower now if they want. And that's really what the market needed is somebody to give us a cylinder head. There was cylinder heads around back in 2010. I can't even remember the name of the company now, but they were $10,000 for a set of ported 6.0 heads. And they were doing their own castings. And I, like I said, 10 grand, nobody bought them. I don't know anybody that bought them. Wow. And we came really close because we were just super frustrated. And, you know, we were so close to that 1,000 horsepower mark. We just couldn't get over the top of the hill. And we knew it was the heads. And so it was like, you know, we're all sitting there one night, like, heads in our palms, like, do we do we do it like do we just buy the ten thousand dollar heads and like hopefully they work and and i think we even got down to making the phone call and they were like on back order like they didn't have any castings available because nobody was buying the crap it was so overpriced now that kill devils hit the market with these aluminum heads i think you're going to start seeing a whole lot more high horsepower 6.0 coming out and they're new they're like within the last i think we got the first or second set of them oh three years ago oh wow and that was kind of the first ones to market and then nothing happened with them like we built a sled pulling <laughs> truck and threw them on there and it made 1290 with a 3.0 charger on it uh dual age pops massive massive injectors jesse warren's kind of got the 6.0 fuel system conquered um you know i think he's making the most power out of a 6.0 right now out of anybody in the country and we've kind of fizzled off from the performance side you know we had a little little visit from the epa so that kind of made everybody a little bit shy and and they straight up told us our sled pulling trucks are illegal so we haven't really done anything with sled pulling or building sled pulling trucks everything's just kind of sitting in the shop covered in dust right now because we don't know how to play by the stake made up rules so we're just not playing but you know when when things were still progressing and we were still learning and innovating and, and trying to grow you know jesse had the fuel systems figured out kill devil diesel had the engine side of things figured out uh, we were dumb enough to buy all the stuff and put it together and, <laughs> and try to break it. And so, and Charlie Keeter, man, that dude's, he's a rock star. Like that truck was stupid fast. I don't know what his setup was. You know, I know he was running some set of compounds or triples or something like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're sled pullers. So we don't get to play with compounds and triples. We're stuck with single turbo applications. And I, I largely contribute that to why our six liters live. You know, I said we're making over a thousand on the stock bottom end and people are just like, there's no freaking way. Well, when you have (laughs) 0.08 to one drive pressure ratios, yeah, a stock bottom end can live. You know, we're not, we're not running super restrictive piping setups. We're not tripling and doubling up compounds. We're not running any gates. You know, it's just a big gigantic housing with a big gigantic compressor and it works. That's kind of awesome, though, right? Is is Chris? I think you were mentioning this early. Is like the overall simplicity of what it takes to get there with a six liter, as opposed to some of the common rail stuff and getting into it and really looking at it a different set of limiters and a different set of of where you're going to get the most bang yeah. for your buck. I also like you know the, yeah. the the name drop of Charlie Keeter. We've had Charlie on the show multiple times in the past. Sure, talk Jesse about Warren as well. yeah Jesse yeah. Warren as well. I mean, there's no. I can't argue, and I have to fully agree with, you know, Jesse Warren definitely has the six-liter fuel system stuff on lock. Charlie Keeter, I think, was one of the first names that made me look at a six-liter. Like, really put a six-liter on the map and say, you know, a six-liter can be a true contender in competition. And he's proven that. He has proven that over the years. Um, 
And yeah, to well, your point, I think that was, you know, the big single keeping everything Jaren together. <laughs> Holder that started the Elite Power Strokes page, is that yeah. who it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had his regular yeah, Cabin Diesel I, power I, years I, back. Yeah, and that was really interesting to see that happen, you know, because I'm like, you know, I'm from the, I'm old school, dude. I've been doing this stuff since 03 is really when I went full potato with diesel performance, you know, and that, back then the, the Comp B crowd and, you know, yeah. I think we were the original shit talkers. Like we taught. That was, <laughs> that really out. was, yeah. Pretty proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was, it was it was neat seeing this, the elite power stroke thing start. Cause it was like, wow, you know, if you would have told me in Oh three that there was going to be an elite power stroke page and they were going to have a drag truck running four nineties, I would be like, you're so full of crap. Like what acid are you tripping on? And boom, it's happened. Yeah. 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 Th- this has been one of those industries that I think is, it's kind of always surprising to me where it, it, it feels like it'll never go away. Like there's always going to be those hardcore six liter fans. It'll just be one of those trucks yep. where it's just this iconic kind of look and sound and build and feel. And yep. it, it is really unique when you start to look at all of the diesel trucks out there. Um, you, you know, like I'm sure there will be LB seven fans, but like there's not a guy's there's dying not going to be for, the diehard for, for that as opposed yeah. to this. Right. Um, right. I, I would say one of the things I think of, though, is that there is also this offshoot of of Ford six liter owners. And there's a pretty big industry around just doing a come and swap into your Ford. Sell me. Why wouldn't why wouldn't I do the come and swap? Like if if the dealership told me it's it's a all eight contributions are bad, the motor's junk, it's out of warranty. Yeah. Why why wouldn't I at that point? How far off could I be from from being able to afford the come and swap? So by the time we're doing one right now, and, and there's different ways to skin that cat, obviously. So the one we're doing was a brand new OE 5.9 Cummins. I bought it from the local dealership. I think it was 13 grand for the long block. Then you got to buy a de-stroked kit with the standalone trans controller and all that BS, uh, wiring harness. You know, you got to get the engine mounts, the radiator hoses, all that kit that you have to buy. That's seven to ten grand depending at what level you're purchasing it so just in parts alone you're 20 g's in and you haven't even started installing anything yet um obviously if you went with a used 5.9 that you didn't know anything about you could get it get the price down yeah, but, but even at, at the, used like i was on on car-parts.com the other day trying to find a long block just to get a guy a core a core cummins motor that's been on fire is thirty seven hundred dollars huh. a cummins motor that that ran when it was pulled is six yeah yeah so, with, I mean, with 200 plus thousand it's, miles it's on it yeah all right. right well then you're and you don't know anything about it that's exactly it at least the truck you know the motor that's in the truck you know you you, you could bulletproof or whatever but there's always been this halo around the cummins n- n- name right or the, the sure. cummins motor and everyone thinks oh a ford with a cummins with an allison which i've never driven one that drives nice so that that's my own experience <laughs> Um, and that's and to me like you know i want to go more and dive in more to why not do a come and swap but i've i've driven six liter trucks six liters were pulled out five nines were in them they have what the five r 110s right five r i think so five r 100 something like that whatever um with all the pcs standalone all the tuning in the world the trucks still drive like shit <laughs> like they do not drive nice it does it does because it's just like putting an Allison behind a Cummins. The power band is all wrong. Yep. A V8 diesel makes power totally different than, than an inline six does. Absolutely. And 
And so that's why they'll never act right because they don't make power the way a, a Duramax or a Power Stroke does. You know, you get in a this is the most embarrassing thing, all right? When I when I got that piece of crap $350 truck, I literally came out of a 998.5 horsepower common rail. Um, I built the motor when I was at Alligator. We put it in a mega cab. I gave it to my wife. We tuned it. Um, you guys actually helped with tuning on that one. This was like right when the when the EFI came out for the 5.9s, and I had a 03, and we converted it all over to 07 when I was at Alligator just so that you guys could fly out and help tune it <laughs> and um oh what's his name duck hunting fool bob uh, bob yeah bob flew out to alligator and we tuned on that truck and and we just put like a you know the engine was brand new we just put like a break-in tune on it like no black smoke like we put it on the dyno and dyno it and dyno it and dyno it and we didn't want any black smoke and so we got it all done it was like 9.98 and uh i drove from alligator over to dk diesel in washington and we threw it on his dyno because he had a load dyno and ours wouldn't load so we couldn't make any power so we threw it on dk's dyno and it made 9.98 and he was like you want that extra two and i said dude i could care less it got like 20 plus miles a gallon on the way over here it doesn't smoke you know, it lights so hard and fast. I can, you know, I can just flip the throttle and four wheel drive at 70 and just, it's a roller skate. Like the thing was stupid. So I came out of that into a ragged out 03 <laughs> six liter with, you know, bird nest under the hood. And we threw a cold air intake on it and a SCT tuner with innovative tunes on it. Dude, that thing made that Dodge, that, that $35,000 engine that I put together felt like cheese fries i mean it sucked like i was so embarrassed <laughs> at how much fun the six is. and it's not that it makes a ton of power you know it's 425 horsepower that it made on the dyno it's just how fast it happens yeah you know it's not like that big luggy inline six where mm. it takes a second for things to happen this little vgt 60 it's just instant you know it's like an lbz they, they feel the same way there's just no lag yeah. Yeah, that's that's something so, that I run into a lot of times with like guys that do like hot shotting and they try to compare they've had Cummins over the years and then they get into a Duramax and they talk about the low end torque that like an inline motor because again the inline makes yeah. power differently than than the Duramax. Yeah. And then these guys will hang themselves and spend thousands th- chasing the Duramax to make its power band like the Cummins. And it's just, it's never going to do that. No. You know, it's apples no. and oranges. Which do you like? Move forward with life. Get rid of your Duramax, buy another Cummins, because that's really your only outlet yep. to to getting that power band back. Um, that's so right. Yeah, I've, I mean, it's, and I think they've all got their place. You know, if, if you're wanting to get smaller loads moving quickly, I prefer a VGT V8 diesel. If you're just wanting to haul stupid heavy weight and never stop going up a steep grade in line six it is they don't build any egt so you can stay in that power band yeah yeah uh, whereas the vgt platforms tend to get hot faster and, and you can tune around it and do aftermarket upgrades to get around it but stock for stock that's what that's what i ran into and and i didn't mention that at the beginning that's literally what got me into cm diesel when we really started messing with these things i was hot shot and out west and so I was, I was coming up the grapevine on I-5 up there, up the coast of California. I mean, that's a nasty hill. That's like a 7% grade for 17 miles. Jesus. And 
even my my stock Cummins couldn't do that without overheating, you know. And then you put, you know, that's just looking at the factory gauges, and then you put an edge or something on there that's got an EGT display, and you're like, oh my god, what am I doing? <laughs> so it, the upgrades happened out of necessity in the beginning, and then it just snowballed and turned into a crack addict after that. But. <laughs> Just like us all, just like us all. Well, Vinny, yeah. I I really I appreciate you coming on the show so much. I think this has been a great episode for our listeners. What piece of advice would you have out there for somebody who's brand new to six liter performance? Uh, the biggest thing, you know, I, I guess the biggest thing I would say is don't worry about the head gasket so much and get a nice intake exhaust and a and a and a, a good, good IPR valve on it. Yeah, yeah. Do not use dormant parts. Um, you know, and that probably that probably jokingly that probably is the best advice I could give anybody with the six liters. If you're going to go back and do any repairs, use OEM Ford parts. You know, that's an international engine that Ford unfortunately adopted, and so they they learned very rapidly. You know, when when International designed that engine to go in their big medium duty service trucks. They never planned on it making 300 plus horsepower, and so you know the thing started its life out already in a stressful circumstance. Then on top of that, you got all these cheap Chinese knockoff companies making replacement parts for them. I think that's probably the number one thing we battle here is cheap junk replacement parts. Uh, if people would just go back in with good OEM replacement parts, we wouldn't see a lot of the repairs that we have to do. That's awesome, man. I think that's a good piece of advice. Anybody you want to give a shout out to? Uh, yeah, thanks International for making this piece of junk motor. We love it. Um, <laughs> obviously, my mom for bringing me into this world, and uh, you know Brady Williams is a rock star. That guy was a big, big part of the diesel industry, a big part of why I'm where I'm at today. And he was he was the guy that you know took the time to talk to a 20 year old kid that was just getting my feet wet. You know, and he really took the time to explain diesels and and had a lot of patience with me. Um, I'd say he taught me more in this diesel industry than anybody else ever has. That's awesome, man. Well, Vinny, thanks again so much for, for coming on the show. Listeners, stick around. Next up, we're going to have our very own super tech, Jeremy Garnett, on for an all-new In the Shop segment. Jeremy Garnett, how the hell are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Jeremy, of course, our super tech here on the show for our super tech segment. Uh, what do we got in the shop today? Uh, just like last week, we have another gelled up truck, uh, uh, an LOI this time. The Scourge. It, it's what, what is going on with all these Duramax? It's getting gelled up. Guys, we talked about it's it. It's just cold, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, walk me through it. What happened this time? Uh, this time, uh, it was negative 10, negative 12 out, and... Again, we pull the truck in, we just look at it, and this time here, this one actually started blowing fuses. Oh, and no. Stuff. Yeah, so we check for power and everything at the fast, make sure that it's working, um, and then it actually blew the fuses. So we let it thaw out, change the filters, and then, hey, why the, why the heck isn't the fast working? Well, we the fuse inside the fuse panel actually blew this time. Oh, no. So, yes. We had to go ahead and replace that. We got everything working, got the truck running, and then the customer's like, hey, let's put a fast heater on this truck. So <laughs> uh, we went ahead and we put a fast heater on this truck and went through the motions and got them back on the road. Nice. All right. Um, what's our pro tip of the week on this one? Um, just again, you know, just 
take your time and you know and if it's cold out plug it in yeah yeah that's such an easy one to miss and i think that's a one a lot of guys overlook is is just using that block heater and and it really is a lifesaver uh it's probably not going to address all of your fuel issues uh it will limp along some bad glow plugs that's for sure definitely help it start and get you a little bit more heat sooner i love it All right, Chris, um, man, I don't know that there's any more to say after hearing from from Vinny and hearing from Jeremy Garnett. I think we just had a killer show, man. Uh, guys, thank everyone so much for listening. Uh, please don't forget, jump on over to uh, Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook group. Uh, leave us a message. Leave us a review. Let us know what you thought of the show. Also, if we could get some five-star reviews on iTunes, I know I would really appreciate that. Yeah, no, definitely. Please, please, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. Eight, and I got cut That's pretty fucking cool. Called a <laughs> pussy. <laughs> yeah, I was working with 